big sound in a small town Far away from the big city lights Making music every night Good music with all our friends Tell everybody, tell your mama and them We're going out and we're getting down A big sound in a small town 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 And welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. And this is a podcast about the lives and stories of the musicians, writers, artists, and their associates that have their roots in the small towns and communities across America. If you like what you hear, tell somebody. Enjoy. Well, my name is Danny Parker. I'm uh, currently the guitar player, mandolin player, backup singer with a band called Cleveco. I'm a lead guitar player in another band called Matter Don't. Kind of do a duet with one of the guys from Cleveco or sometimes a trio, no matter, uh, well, whatever incarnation we need. Uh, I've been playing for 41 years. Uh, you know that dates you kind of makes you so you're 43, 44, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I came out of the womb playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, okay, I mean, but it's kind of like the way the Japanese do with the very, very young, sure, very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It started started me before I was born. <laughs> yeah, he's actually like 30, really, but he's been playing 40 years now. Well, if you ask anybody that knows me, I act more like I'm around 11 or 12. Mm. Yeah, so. I can, can kind of concur with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife's always said she has three kids, yeah. two daughters, and me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can I can see that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well, I like I like staying young. I like acting young. You, you know, and all. You've been playing, like you said, over forty years. Yeah. Do you do, tell us how that actually started? I mean, do you just. Wake up one day and say, "Hey, I'm going to play a music instrument, a musical instrument." Almost, really. Almost. Well, I tell you, I, I, I was a nerd growing up. Uh, when I was 12 in Star Wars, I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm not saying I'm not one now. <laughs> I've, I might still be. A, a, it's more acceptable now, though. I, true. Yeah, like true. The yeah. Geek Squad and stuff. Sure. But no, um, when I was 12 and Star Wars came out, I was a huge fanatic and I loved the theme song. And uh, so they, they came around, I think, the sixth grade and asked if people wanted to start a band, you know, and this is like 78, I think. And, uh, well, I, I don't know how I knew it, but it was a trumpet that was playing the Star Wars. And uh, so I said, I want to do that. I want to learn how to play that song. And um, so I, I joined band. got the cornet because trumpet was already taken. Sure. That's the way so that's works, a smaller yeah. version. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tortured the cows and pasture behind my dad's house trying to learn how to play that. Did you learn to play Star Wars on, I, I did. on the cornet? In my in my head, I did. Oh, I mean. I, I'm sure the neighbors would disagree as to whether or not I nailed it. But uh, I'd walk around out in the out in Dad's garden <laughs> next to the pasture, and I think I'd scare the cows. Uh, so anyway, that that was kind of the seed of it right there. But I joined band, uh, and I was in there for three months. And honestly, I didn't get along too well in there. I, uh, I was having trouble learning to read music. It's just not my head doesn't work that way. Uh, so I, I gave it up to go to drama class uh but when i was my brother now i can mention my brother's name i'm pud's brother anybody who knows him glenn odell parker jr pud parker known by pud by everyone everyone Uh, he always had a guitar around and he played um uh drew me crazy when i was little with house of the rising sun so i can barely listen to that song now Mm. uh but he always had a guitar around but I, I, i never really thought about it and then uh um I was 15. I don't know why I remember that, but I, I'd just gotten into uh, Zeppelin really bad, <clears throat> and that, that was probably part of it. But uh, um, there was an electric guitar just sitting there one day, and um, I, I do woodwork and craft and metalwork and stuff like that, and I like just knowing how to do stuff. So I said, uh, I can do that. So I picked up the guitar, and he had a Mel Bay chord book. Oh, yeah. All musicians. Sure, everyone that has is. that, yeah. Uh, and I, I picked it up, and uh, the first chord I saw was a D, so I started learning that badly, started teaching myself, uh, trying to figure out what it all, you know, mm-hmm. how it made sense. And um, there was one day Pud happened to walk by, and he saw me doing it, and he said, here, do this, and he showed me this little uh, finger-picking pattern, just basic, simple, and that phew, opened the world Opened the world me. for you. Yeah, so I, to, to this day, I love nothing more than... Like finger picking, you know, chicken picking, Martin Knopfler, right, yeah. kind of stuff. But uh, I think it's an interest, interesting story anyway. The, um, like I said, there was always guitar laying around as a, an acoustic, uh, so, an old Sears, like silver sure. tone or something. Um, I remember it had Pud painted in uh, emerald green paint <laughs> behind the bridge with quotations around it. <laughs> uh, I, you know, again, never shown interest, but my other brother, Ronnie, had moved out of the house. Uh, he's six years older than me. I think he was, well, so he'd have been about 21. Um, he had moved out of the house, and I uh, was living uh, somewhere, I forget. And uh, his next-door neighbor had an electric guitar, a Kingston electric guitar. Yeah. Well, my, he was a, uh, Ronnie was a sticks fanatic, so he had the entire sticks collection in a box on eight-track tape. Oh yeah, and his neighbor wanted it, and so he offered to trade the guitar for it. And uh, Ronnie, who had no interest in guitar, did it for whatever reason, and then he sold it to Pud for fifty bucks. And so that's the guitar that was laying around, ah. and I saw it. And so once I started messing with it, I uh, I paid Pud fifty bucks for it, and that was my first, was your first actual guitar. Yeah, still was, ha- you still have it? No, I've pieces of it. Oh yeah, because yeah, I told well, like I said, I, I used to build guitars and. Oh. Uh, 
uh, I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so a lot of times whatever I had laying around became a part of something else. So, right. Uh, like, oh, like a re- relic ska- Telecaster or Stratocaster yeah. these days. Yeah, relic, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, in this case. Or, uh, par- or a part, so I fucking Stein or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, in this case, so that guitar, uh, Kingston, like I said, it, right. it was white, didn't play good. Uh, you know, uh, the wood was all dry in it, so just an awful thing. And um, I played through, uh, uh, I don't even know where I got it. I think Pud may have had it. It was an old silver tone amp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to play so loud, I blew the speakers. Yeah. And it actually had fu- so it had fuzz tone to it. Yeah, it had yeah. fuzz. It had fuzz. And, um, but uh, one day, because I was a Zeppelin fanatic then, um, uh, I don't think I need to say Led Zeppelin so people know who I'm talking about. Led Zeppelin, we'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> For some of the people who, who if, you do, if you don't know Zeppelin, you probably don't know the Led party or so. There yeah, you go. You probably won't be listening to this. Probably won't. Yeah, probably won't. But um, uh, anyway, I, I took the guitar. It was white, um, and I, I stripped all the paint off of it, stained it brown, and then took Led Zeppelin's uh, album, the first album cover with the Hindenburg, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. decoupaged it on the ah. But when I built my first uh, first guitar, uh, Strat copy, of course, because I didn't you know know anything else, um, I didn't have all the parts I needed, so I robbed it off the Kingston. Uh, and it wasn't until years later that I found out the Kingstons were pretty much collectors. I yeah, at that point, pretty I much. probably could have got a lot of money. Probably out of could it. have. Yeah, I had a silver tone went that way one time. Too. Yeah. Just decided I wanted it to be a different color, and you know, so that's pretty much that's how I started. Anyway, I mean. Um, I just uh, uh, played played for myself around the house. Didn't really have anybody to learn from, so I did the same thing that we all did yeah. back then before the internet and YouTube and tablature. And uh, just uh, listen to records and try to play along. Drop the needle. Yeah, wore out tapes, yep. rewinding them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, got everything wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Uh, you still playing a band? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, an interesting story. You know, uh, Cleveco, our yeah, band. Yeah. I think I can say out loud that we're in the same band. You can. Uh, I can. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin. When I, when I first met Kevin, we were uh, actually. This is short- Kevin Bridges. Kevin, oh, I'm sorry. Ke- yeah, Kevin. Kevin Bridges, Dale Bridges. Local singer songwriter Kevin Dale Bridges, uh, mm. also in Cleveco. Uh, formerly of Kill Devils. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, I met him when we were 15. He was already playing. I think he had been playing a couple, three years, bass and a little guitar and was singing in bands. And um, so we got to be good friends. We'd go hang out and spend the weekend or night at his house, you know, and uh, we would kind of kind of play guitar together, but I wasn't really good. He was better than me. <clears throat> there was one, uh, one little story in Agonizing, a story where he had this, um, I think it was a PV T T forty base, mm-hmm. a big giant heavy thing. Yes. I'm, I'm a little guy; I could barely reach the first fret. Yep. Uh, he made me play uh, Hey Joe for about twenty minutes while he soloed <laughs> over it on guitar. So that that cemented my belief that I'll never be a bass. Don't player. want to be a bass I player. I don't want to be a bass player. Um, but you know, we we kind of learned together. He would show me stuff that he had learned, but. Uh, reason I brought that up uh, about playing things wrong, we would argue over how something went in a song right. and adamantly uh, stick to our guns over who was right and who was wrong, only to find out like a year later that we were both Both wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That so, was fun. <laughs> y'all go down to Rick Delosier's house and get it right. <laughs> yeah, we had that Ricky Drake and um, uh, Tim Lancaster. Oh, yeah. Well, Kevin was actually in the uh, band shortly after that with Tim Lancaster uh, and a few others, and I used to go listen to them practice, and I tried to 
pick up and learn from watching them, you know. But uh, uh, so that's that's pretty much how I got my start, anyway. Do you remember the first band? That that's easy. Uh, yeah. Well, like I said, I never uh, I never really played in bands. I was playing for myself. Right. I, uh, I was into uh, at the time, you know, like progressive rock, like Yes and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was too busy trying to learn how to play stuff that I couldn't play. You know, right. Difficult, hard stuff. And who are you gonna play Yes music with anyway? Well, that's just it, nobody. But just for myself, knowing that I could do it, mm-hmm. and I just love the music, and I would just uh, you know, sit and play hours and hours along with a record, or I'd mm-hmm. play a song and try to solo over right. it. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, try to come up with my own sound or thing. Um, but um, I moved I moved away when I was uh, in my early 20s. I'd never been in a band. You know, moved away, moved to Massachusetts. And, uh, well, why did you move to Massachusetts? Well, I, I was here. I was working as a weaver in a cotton mill, like so many people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, <clears throat> this is going to sound bad. You know, my dad worked in the mill and, and raised us, and that, it's not that it's a bad thing. But I just didn't think it was for me, and I right. don't want to wake up. Uh, I don't want to wake up forty years later and say, sure. "Well, I've been working in the mill for forty years." Sure. So uh, I was looking for a place to go, and I had a friend that was living in Massachusetts. So I said, "Well, I just I'll go there." And I, I, I was supposed to go to work for a guitar company as a. I, I wanted to build. Be a luthier. Be a luthier. Be a luthier, yeah. And because uh, you know, I was already doing it, so I had a had a little portfolio type thing. I had some pictures and uh, a rep for the company. I won't mention the company, but I don't even know if they're still around. But they uh, still make bases, I think. I, I think they do, yeah. Uh, but um, I, their rep was at Hames Music in Gaffney. Uh, South Carolina, and uh, I showed it to him, and he called uh, the brothers that own the company on the phone and said, uh, "Hey, he's he's wanting to move up there, and they hired me on the phone." Wow, but, pretty cool. Yeah, so I moved a thousand miles away with seven hundred dollars in my pocket, and uh, when I got there, I went for my little interview with them, and they uh, they no longer needed they they stopped making guitars, so they no longer needed me. So I ended up um, working at Pearl Vision, so I'm an optician now. That's what I do for a living: make glasses. But uh, so through that, I met a, a guy named uh, Mike Hoover who went to Berkeley. He was in Berkeley at the time as right. a student. Uh, he's a drummer, and uh, so <clears throat> I, uh, I I played with him some, just like kind of jamming around. And uh, I played on a couple of his projects at Berkeley. Like uh, he had to like write a rock song right. or something as a project, so sure. I, he asked me to play on it. But that's really all I played up there. Um, and uh, so I moved back home. I was up there like three and a half years, and I moved home. And uh, Kevin Bridges, that we mentioned earlier, Cleve Co., Kevin Dale Bridges, uh, he called uh, one day just out of the blue and said, what are you doing tonight? I said, nothing. He said, uh, I want you to come over and bring a guitar. And then I found out that he had called a friend of ours, Art Mooney, mm-hmm. who's a bass player. He had called him uh, very cryptic, you know, like, come over tonight. And I'm like, what's going on? I'll tell you when you get here. And um, so I called Art, and I'm like, did Kevin call you? Yeah, what's, what's going on? So we're trying to figure out, you know, had no idea what he had in mind. All right. So we uh, showed up at his house, and uh, he said, uh, I want to do, like, a, a band thing, maybe, like, play coffee shops, do a little trio. Uh, he said, you know, just throw some songs out there. I think he'd been writing some songs at the time. And uh, so we're like, sure, let's do it. I'd never been in a band, so it was new for me. And um, so we just kind of just started jamming over some stuff that Kevin uh, had in mind. And uh, 
we, we were just doing that for a while. We just meet over there and kind of practice. Just the three of you? Yeah, just the three of us go through some stuff. And then uh, Kevin was having a house built next door at the time and um, was going to have a full basement. So when that uh, when the house was finished, he said, you know what? Why don't we get a drummer and just turn this thing full electric? Speaking of full the sirens, electric. Yeah, the siren's not for us. Hurricane's <laughs> coming or, uh, or uh, a meteorite. Yeah, we're going to finish this in the air, uh, <laughs> air shelter. Or, or the, uh, not Mom, air shelter, what is it? Bomb shelter. Bomb shelter. Yeah. I don't know where the air is. <laughs> air raid. Air raid. That's what yeah. I was trying to <laughs> so, We're under attack maybe at this point. We don't yeah. know. That's kind of cool. So I'm assuming these mics are sensitive enough to pick I, that up real. I'm thinking this will be in, in it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you have a first. Well, that's cool. We'll be like the, well, speaking of Zeppelin, you know, with the airplane flying yep. over, and he says, nah, leave it. Yeah, nah, yeah. leave it. Yeah. Leave it in. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Pretty much what we want to do. So you can you can always uh, tag this at the beginning that we're doing this from uh, you know I don't know some some deep shelter country yeah yeah <laughs> we're in we're in uh, Kazakhstan yeah you got your key with you so we can yes. call in the strike yep yep uh, I think they beat us to it though <laughs> <laughs> okay we're done so yeah uh, so anyway that's yeah okay back back to what I was saying I know I'm doing all the talking but isn't that kind of part that, of the idea of an that, interview. And plus, anybody that knows you knows that's what oh, you yeah, would be doing. Go. I've never been quiet before. So. Uh, but, you know, i got a microphone in front of me. And sure. I'm, I'm supposed to be talking. Exactly. Time, right? so, yeah. But uh, well, anyway, the, uh, the whole thing with that, um, you know, Kevin said, let's turn it, like, let's just turn it into a band. And uh, frankly, I was a little bit terrified because I'd never done it before. And uh, Were you singing at that point, any? Well, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I did start in doing the backup almost immediately simply because it needed it. Right. I, but I've never considered myself a singer. I don't like my own voice. Uh, I will say, you know, a few people have told me I have a good voice, but they're too close to me for me to believe them. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. Yeah. And uh, although my, you know, my, my, my oldest stepdaughter, Megan, uh, she, uh, she is a chorus teacher. She is. I have a music teacher now, so I guess maybe she, uh, hers was a professional opinion. Uh, yeah, we could say that. Yeah, okay. I've stood next to you on stage, so you got a semi-professional yeah, opinion. Well, hey, you're more professional than most people. You've been doing this long. Well, oh no, man! You're not going there, are you? <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, okay. yeah. hey, I'm old. Yeah. You point the finger at me. I'll point it. Back. <laughs> I always say, if you open the window, I will climb through. Yeah, well, I know that that is true. <laughs> but uh, well, anyway, uh, yeah. Back back to the long and boring, almost interesting story. Uh, uh, Art was uh, Art Mooney was uh, manager at Hamish Music at the time, so he knew everybody, sure. every musician, still does. Yeah, uh, and uh, he he hooked us up with a drummer called Shannon Coon from uh, out of Spindale, and uh, somewhat so, kin to one of my guests, Hicks. Hicks, yeah, his younger brother. Okay, and uh, so um, the first practice um, that we had, I had gone to my cousin's. I think, I think fortieth, forty something birthday party the night before on a Saturday night, and we were going to practice at twelve o'clock Sunday, and um, I, I ended up spending the night at his house for reasons we won't go into. We won't. Uh, yeah, and um, so I woke up at eleven o'clock, not feeling my best, and drove straight from uh, around the Lincolnton area straight to Kevin's and just jumped in playing a. Uh, Gibbs, a Les Paul through a Marshall way louder than I needed to be doing. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do if you have yeah. a Les Paul and you're playing it through a Marshall. It's supposed to be yeah. loud. Yes, yeah, exactly. But I, um, th this will sound a little trite, I guess, but uh, uh, to me, 
uh, the first couple of songs we did, it just uh, it, everything just kind of fell into place. It's yeah. just like, this is right. You know, yeah. Shannon's an incredible drummer, and he just you know fell right in the groove. And I'm like, man, this could be something. But I was still terrified because I'd never done it. I mean, out loud, right? Yeah, and I, I, I this is gonna sound uh, you know like I'm trying to. Uh, trying to get some humility here. <laughs> but I've, I've never, I, I just didn't consider myself good enough for it. You know, I, I was just uh, playing in my bedroom or, or right. to my mom in the living room because you know, I knew she'd she had love it no matter what, you know. And I just didn't think I, I was good. But uh, I will uh, give Kevin credit on this. He, uh, he was pretty much sort of groom, groomy toward doing solos and playing right. lead because yeah, he just said, you got it in you, you know. He didn't, maybe he didn't say that, but right. that's kind of what he implied. So I, I pretty much became the lead guitar player, but we we traded off on it. You know, he would play, I would play, and uh, uh, I would. Um, I didn't feel like I could write really well. I didn't know. I, I didn't know if I had it in me. So mm-hmm. I would learn. Uh, like he would give me recordings of songs, and he would have played something over it. And I'm like, well, I'll just learn that and play what he played. You know, so um, it took a while before I felt comfortable enough to kind of play what out. you, yeah, yeah, play what put, I was put, put your put your signature yeah. on it. Yeah. Which I eventually did. Speaking of that, probably uh, at that point, if we'll step it back, I might have already played with Art Mooney. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, you probably. I have. probably had. Yeah. Probably had already played and and moved on. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I forget dates. I, I never know what day it is. I never know what year it is. I just know that uh, <clears throat> I moved back from Massachusetts in '93. I think late nineties. Oh yeah, I'd have been done. And uh, I think we started the that band. I, I never mentioned that we called that band the Snake Handlers. Yeah, right. Well, they went on for yeah. a pretty good, successful run. Yeah, I think so. Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Although the name the name changed a little bit, with, uh, and uh, kind of like we always, everybody, every musician mentions Spinal Tap. We did go through a, a kind of a run of drummers for yes. a while there. You know, um, but yeah, it lasted quite a while. Um, and uh, but so that was sort of like ninety three, ninety four, or something like that. I think when we started it, and it went for uh, like I said about twenty years, and then um, uh, just kind of I don't know, we just kind of dwindled out at that point. Um, at one point, and uh, Art, who worked for music stores, right, he ended up moving to Atlanta. Right, we lost our uh, our drummer, and uh, so Kevin uh, called me one day and just said um, they were doing one of those outdoor festivals in Rutherford, like a fall mm-hmm. festival. And he said, "Hey, you want to do it? Just me and you." And um, well, I know that was uh, that was twenty five years ago. Uh, yeah, because I I just met my wife. She that was first gig I think she came to. Right. So we went up there and did a duet, and that, uh, we uh, Kevin had changed the name to the Dancing Hobos right then, and then um, so we did that show. We may have done a couple others uh, or a few others. And then uh, Art ended up coming back from uh, Atlanta after about six months. I, he said, "Hey, do you mind if I jump back in?" I'm like, yeah, sure. So then we got another drummer, Chris Green. Yeah, no, Chris Green. Yeah, Chris Green, uh, playing congas, and we just did an acoustic thing. So before that, you know, the Snake Handlers, we we thought we were hard rock. Right. Other yeah. people may have disagreed, <laughs> but but yeah, we were doing uh, and is uh, about ninety. Got ninety five percent original tunes, stuff Kevin Art wrote. Right. Um, and uh, just enough cover tunes to keep people from sure. throwing bottles at us. Yeah, you have to do that. Keep yeah. having having to build a wall of chicken wire around. Sure, you have to do that. You know, you have to do some covers, no matter who yeah. you are. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. So, so anyway, the snake. I mean, the the dancing hobos became that the acoustic thing, and then I guess uh, 
uh, you know, we, we just sort of, I don't know, just sort of dwindled out. It stopped having as many places to play or whatever. Just life happened. It's banned. It's banned. Yeah. yeah. Shelf so life. Never, I mean, to this day, we never officially, nobody ever said the words, we broke up or right. we're no longer a band. You know. Right. Um, uh, so we just kind of dwindled out. And then uh, in the interim, um, there was a, a, a guy, Tyler Melton, uh, who was also in Kill Devils with Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was working, uh, Kevin and Art had owned a music store in Bowling Springs, North Carolina, uh, for a while called Bulldog Music, and he was working for them, so that's how I met him. Um, and uh, he was in the Dancing Hobos for about the last year that we actually played. Um, and uh, so I knew him that way. And then uh, Art started playing bass for a band called Matter Don't. Mm-hmm. And so I got a call one day, and uh, they said, uh, look, Tyler is going away to Luthier School uh, for about 10 months, and they're looking for a guitar player to just fill in. Would you be interested? And I, I wasn't doing anything, so I said, sure. So uh, uh, I went and practiced with them. And, uh, uh, again, I felt pretty good. We just jammed and stuff. And they were doing you know, old cover tunes and right. things like that. And, and you would uh, played with Art before, so you were yeah. comfortable there. Yeah, very comfortable. Yeah, right, and right. Uh, So I uh, started playing with them for a while. Tyler went off to school, and uh, I just I filled in for him. Uh, Art left, matter don't. And... Uh, uh, Billy Hedspeth, uh, a bass player, he one of their older bass players. He came back, and uh, so that was a, a, a ten-month gig that turned into a five-year gig. Oh yeah, because when Tyler came back from uh, Luthier School, uh, they had grown to like. Well, they liked my playing. Right, I fit fit pretty well with them. Uh, and, and speaking of Tyler Melton, he also was a member of Dirty Grass Soul for a oh, while. Oh yes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to leave that out. Uh, yep. if you're, you know, if, when Ty, Getting the chronology. This, I didn't mean to leave that out. Getting the chronology yeah. in order. Yeah. So, and he's uh, he's young and quite talented. He is uh, much younger than us. I don't know why he wanted to be in a band with a bunch of old guys, you know. But, um, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, so I ended up in Matter Don't for uh, about five years, five and a half. And um, frankly and honestly, you know, we were playing. Um, um, getting home at like three four in the morning yep. playing clubs and bars sure. and places like that all over and um, i'm i'm getting older and just got tired of coming in late so i called uh daryl smith who's the uh, founder sure. and, and leader and guitar player and matter known i called him and i said look i'm just i'm just gonna have to quit i'm done uh just tired of this and he reluctantly allowed me to quit mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh uh, so I, I did nothing for a little while, and then Kevin uh, Bridges yet again because I'm, I'm somehow linked with him for all eternity, I guess, as a musician. Yeah, I, I actually often wondered if you could play without him. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not going to compare us to Lennon and McCartney or, or, <laughs> or Tyler and Perry, but <laughs> but uh, well, well, the thing is, you know, Kevin and I, uh, I'll sidetrack. Kevin and I've been, you know, I, I consider him my best friend. He may argue with it, with you on that, but. Uh, We've been friends since we were 15, and you know, we were kind of coming up together, even though he was ahead of me in the playing department. You know, mm-hmm. We were kind of coming up together and working right. together. Uh, we, we just have, a, uh, I guess, a musical compatibility to where when we were uh, recording our first, um, well, I'll say it was a tape. We ended up with a cassette tape yeah. back in the old days. Sure. Uh, uh, the first Snake Handlers. Uh, we did it in Kevin's basement. We had everything set up down there, but the recording equipment was in his kitchen upstairs, up a spiral staircase sure. in his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Art was recording us and mixing us, and uh, he had so much trouble determining which guitar was which 
that he had to, he had to trace the lines and go, yeah, this is Danny and this is Kevin, and then he had to pan his heart and lift because, right. because y'all had played so yeah, much together. Yeah, because we sounded like he couldn't right. tell. And even now, I go back and listen to some of that stuff, and I'm not really sure who uh, did what. Yeah, I, I'll listen and go. I'm not sure if I played that or if that's mm-hmm. Kevin. I think that's pretty cool. And then I'll hear like a slight mess up, and I go, well, it must be me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it's Kevin. <laughs> couldn't be Kevin, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that's pretty much my story. The thing uh, now, you know, Cleveco came about. Kevin called me, said he'd been writing songs again and um, want to get together and jam. And uh, I'm like, sure. And I was still doing Matter Don at the time. And I want to make it clear, I didn't quit Matter Don because of this band. Right. It was just I didn't, you know, the whole getting right. in late and just getting too old for that kind of lifestyle. Um, so I said, sure. And uh, so I, I went over and started playing with him a little bit. And uh, Chris Green. Again, mm-hmm. Chris Green, who was former drummer for the Dancing Hobos and an old friend from high school. And, uh, a, and a fine drummer. And a mama said drummer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, you know, he's probably played with everybody around here yeah, at one time or another. Or at least, Scoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scoot Pittman. We just sat in with him because Chris, sure. Chris is a hell of a yeah, drummer. he is one fine drummer. Yeah, and fine person, too. Yeah, great Love guy. Love him dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kevin had called him to see if he was interested. And so he came in, uh, brought congas and bongos and all the uh, accoutrements of the drummer. And uh, now I, I think this is an interesting story. Uh, uh, we were doing, again, uh, a few original songs, I think, that Kevin had written, but we were doing like cover tunes, just usual stuff like we people our age play, right. you know, Stones and sure. Pink Floyd and Zeppelin and all sure. that, but acoustically. Right. And uh, so we kind of like, what are we going to do tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure how we how we found out about this. Maybe through Kevin's wife, but uh, Rutherford was doing a, a thing. I think they call it like a backstreet concert. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one street over from Main Street, and behind all the businesses, right. they just set bands up like diagonally, like a diagonal pattern, on either side of the street, uh, completely unplugged, no amps, nothing. Uh, so conga, a couple of guitars, Kevin singing, try to be heard over the crowd, you know. Uh, and people would just come and listen to you for a little bit. They might walk across the street and listen to another person sure. uh, going down the street. And there was a guy across the street from us. I still don't know who he was, but one of the best guitar players I've ever heard uh, in person. Uh, I couldn't believe that people would stop and listen to us with him playing. Um, but so uh, at some point during this, uh, there was a guy who came around with a clipboard and seemed to be taking notes. And you know, we didn't think anything about it, really, just what's he doing, you know. And uh, near the, I guess it's starting to get dark near the end of it, uh, we heard him say, uh, well, come on, come come up the street so we can announce the winner. And we're like, the winner? What were they talking about? Um, and so we go up there, and apparently this, uh, this guy was judging people, or uh, probably several judges, but he was walking around with his clipboard right. taking notes. And all of a sudden they announced that we were the winner. <laughs> we didn't even know we were competing. You know, That's we're funny. Just, we're just playing, you know. And, uh, did you so we, did you have a name at that point? No, no, we were just like uh, Kevin, Danny, and Chris, or Kevin, Chris, Danny, whichever right. whatever, order, whatever, whatever order, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so they uh, they they gave us a check for one hundred fifty dollars, and we got this big trophy that was about as tall as me, which is not saying much. About three feet. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm elfin, yeah. Uh, hobbit sized. Uh, a trophy with our names engraved on it that I've never seen outside of that <laughs> night because it's apparently in the town hall in Rutherford. Oh, really? So that was the birth of Clevco. Uh, uh, and then uh, at that point, shortly after that, I, I know uh, uh, Kevin called me or I was over there or something, and he uh, uh, he asked me if I remember Sandy Carlton from uh, Mama Said. 
And uh, I said, yeah, kind of. I think so. I mean, I, I'd kind of see you guys play before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't think I'd ever actually met you. And that was when you sure. got introduced as a bass player in Cleveco. And the the rest is history. I hate to use that phrase. Yeah. Kind of true. Well, I really was really hesitant about that. Um, really hesitant about that because uh, – I had to follow your other bass player, <laughs> Art Mooney, who is uh, an incredible bass player, an yeah, incredible absolutely. musician. Absolutely. Art, you're a jerk, man, but you are an incredible <laughs> musician. Absolutely. And, is. and uh, uh, that was worrisome. And I, had, at that time, had kind of retired from the business. Uh, and, uh, yeah, y'all are really nice. Well, and uh, appreciate that from my end and from my and, perspective you know the, th- the three of you were really nice and uh you didn't expect me to play like art so um to this day i'm probably still a little uncomfortable as a bass player with you guys and that's been what six years uh, yeah, or six, seven yeah, six, six or seven years, years and um but yeah. No reason to be uncomfortable for that. Oh, I, I have other <laughs> other abilities that sometimes well, compensate. Well, that for is right. Other well, see, things. See, that's something I wonder about. You know, you you have your podcast here and you do interviews, but nobody's interviewed you yet, and you're you played with everybody around. So yeah. at some point, you need to be interviewed. No, it's a boring story. Yeah. Well, I I, I kind of doubt that. I thought mine was going to be boring, but apparently, apparently, it's not. It's not as boring as I thought it was. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not somebody listening to this later. They'll tell you. They'll. T- <laughs> uh, they'll. They'll tell you. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I get five listens. Or if five you get five listens, or or um, mm-hmm. we get some comments. Don't let Danny Parker back on there anymore, ever again. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, you know, like I said, to be honest, you know, I mean, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell this part of the story. You know, uh, I know you asked me early on when you decided you were going to do this podcast uh, somewhere around the very beginning. Maybe, mm-hmm. I think you just told me you were thinking about doing it and asked me to do it, but. I, I told you at the time I've never really thought I had any interest in stories. I mean, I never, uh, I, I've never sold my soul at the crossroads. Damn. You know, I've never, I've never been uh, like a carjacked or anything uh, right. on a, at a gig. Uh, never, I've never, never been thrown through a window for playing badly. I've never had you know a beer bottle fly out of nowhere. Uh, I, I never had a. There's a man outside. I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never had any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just. Uh, you know, I just don't, didn't, don't feel like I've got interest in road stories or anything like that. I mean, um, essentially just... You couldn't tell them on here anyway. <laughs> well, no, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could. You just have to edit them out later. Exactly. It's a waste of both yep. our time. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't edit them, though. That's the bad thing. Well, that's that's the part I'm worried about. Yeah. Because, uh, 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 but, you know, I mean, really, uh, uh, the stories that I have are nothing... In, uh, I never thought were particularly interesting... Other, you know, kind of joke stuff. We used to make jokes about the Spinal Tap drummer thing, how we'd go through drummers because we mm-hmm. had a we had a couple that would come in and sit in with us uh, and uh, disappear or they didn't fit or something yeah. like that. And, yeah, uh, I kind of gathered that when I first started playing with you guys and y'all would talk about it. And I was thinking, this is Spinal Tap right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's us. Before y'all Without ever the, said that, I, I, you know, I mean, I don't think any of did any of them die. No, no, I don't think we ha- I don't think we've had that at least, uh, but. Um, then we had for a while there we thought we were cursed because uh, we played a few places uh, 
around uh, like Gastonia and that's a curse places. right there. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But we played a few places around that uh, would later, like uh, some tragedy would happen, like the mm. place burned down. In fact, we even had that with Clevco, uh, Columbus. Oh we, yeah, we played and that's burned, right. Yeah, like oh, two yeah. weeks later. Yeah. So we thought we were cursed. Yeah. But other than that, I, I just don't have any cool. It could be because we rehearsed right behind the graveyard that has a well, guy that, that fell out of an airplane. That, that could be. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're bringing some, some bad mojo. <laughs> could be. Could be. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much my story, though. See, I, I, I'm not one of those guys that, like, like, has played in three dozen bands. I'm not a, a session musician that people are – you know, calling up, going, "Hey, can you play on this all the time?" You know, uh, no. or, you know. I will. I will add this to the podcast here, and I've heard this from several musicians. And uh, you know, this is my take on it too, which is echoing what I've heard. Is that um, Danny Parker can write you a better solo for your song than about anybody else there is? You know, I mean, you give him that part and let him do it. He'll do it right. Well, I, I appreciate or, or, and, <laughs> and technically, if he has to break down a song and play it the way it's supposed to be, he will do that right. Well, I Those are two I fine things that. to say uh, about a musician. Well, that, that's some of the better, the better compliments I've had, too. I appreciate that. Plus, plus any time people come to talk to me during a show, I just send them straight to Danny. <laughs> He's great at that oh, too. Yeah, yeah. Tr- trust me. There have been a few times you've done that. that <laughs> yes, was, uh, I really. Well, I won't say uh, I was, I was going to mark you for death. But I thought about it. <laughs> you probably uh, do should. Do any hit me? <laughs> how do you How do you find one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I plead guilty to that. Well, that's yeah. That's something. You know, there's always uh, at any any gig. There's always somebody who wants to come up to you. And and I hate to say this. Uh, uh, I, I, maybe I shouldn't, but. There's always people that come up to you who uh, it's like they want to be a part of. Sure, you know, uh, or like they admire that. your work, Manny. That's what yeah. it is. Well, now there are times, of course, that may be. But you know, there's always somebody that comes up and goes, "What sure. kind of guitar is that?" Yeah. I used to have a guitar, or my cousin plays drums. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Or I said, "Well, talk to but, Danny. He knows yeah, all about and that's, it." That's it. You're sending them over to me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I've gotten I've gotten cornered and freed a few <laughs> a few times. <laughs> yeah, Sandy's castoffs. <laughs> Danny, I appreciate you taking the time to come and do this. It's, you're a busy, busy man. You're busy all the time. Oh yeah, well, I, I, too I, many I, bands, too many grandkids, too many kids, too much work. Yeah, I got, I got too many, uh, uh, too many irons and too many fires. You do. Yeah, that's, I was just telling uh, uh, Daryl from Matter yeah. the other day. I said, uh, uh, he said uh, something like, "You, you know how to do a hundred different things." And you I said, do. Yeah, the problem is, I let people know that. Yeah, you do. If people didn't know that, uh, that I just I have a lot of interest and things I, like that. They'd leave me. Alone. I would get you to get, do stuff for me too, but I'd have to wait in line so deep that you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, my pecking order is pretty far down. So well, I, the, well, the good thing is as far as like guitar work and stuff, people don't ask me too much. I you know I do I do still you know kind of work on them and mm-hmm. uh, uh, do a little bit here and there. I I don't really build much anymore, but uh, uh, the good thing is is we have a local Randy Saxon who does that yeah, work. Yeah, Randy does do to me. So. I've tried. I've tried to fly under the radar most of my life. I don't want to too much attention on me. Uh, so yeah, you do. You do do that. that. Yeah. yeah, you do fly under the radar. Uh, uh, that's my nature. I'm 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 grandiose uh, talker. I yes. talk all the time. But uh, you heard it, folks. I didn't even have to I'm, say it. But I'm strangely quiet when it comes. To, <laughs> I'm quiet when it, when it comes to trying to stay in the background. 
Uh, so no he's not a very good self-promoter. <laughs> he does not promote himself very well. I don't. Well, that's why I said I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to be humble. I just uh, 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 I don't want it to seem like low self-esteem. <laughs> hey, it's but, a therapy uh, session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. There's a couch behind me. Is it yeah. right if I just – I charge if you get on that. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. Start getting the psychology. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> I, we switched from from being an admirer to a, to a guy who's going to have to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you actually so, have yeah. to do something. So right now I'm doing this as an admirer of yours. You go to the couch and then I charge you and it's all well, kind of do you stuff. Well, do you take a card or do uh, you have a card reader anything? I, yeah, I got a card reader. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I, I guess I, I guess that's me up to up to this point. Though. There's nothing new to add. Other we have, uh, this we do this tomorrow. I can talk about the gig we have tonight. Sure, it'll uh, probably be a very exciting gig because it's in Union Mills, which hey. everybody knows is the fun <laughs> capital <laughs> of, <laughs> of the universe. Hey, it's, you know, it's a uh, uh, it's a little try on. <laughs> <laughs> little try. <on. laughs> that's a pretty funny way to put it. All right, folks, you heard him here. You heard. You heard Danny's story. I've been badgering him, and he finally relented and gave in. Um, I'd like to say I finally found the time, but not that. I finally just gave in. All right. That works good. <laughs> Thank you again, Danny, for hey, doing this. Thank you for having me, Sandy. I, it, was a lot, it was a blast, actually. I had fun. Appreciate good. it. I'm glad you did. All right.